Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. Special, uh, this is the special treat, the special Halloween surprise I had for everybody. Been been selling it to you all week. And we are joined here today, not only by the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle, not only by the athletic.com's Charlie O'Connor, but the newest member of the Philadelphia Flyers Hall of Fame, Paul Holmgren, is joining us today. How are you, Paul? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you very much. That's, I just want to get right into this. We are very excited to have you with us. Uh, you've been in you know, every, every aspect of this organization you've had your hands in, uh, starting with as a player. You know, when you were racking up 1,600 penalty minutes wearing orange and black in your 20s, could you have ever imagined seeing your name up next to Bobby Clark and Bernie Perrant and all the legends of this franchise? How does this feel for you? Well, it's still sort of surreal, to be honest with you. You know, I, was, I think I was fortunate enough to, to come into the Flyers organization and play with those guys and, and let alone be, be included now into the Flyers Hall of Fame is certainly, as I said, surreal and something I still probably haven't really wrapped my head around completely. But I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled. I'm excited. Uh, I look forward to, uh, to that special night and, and uh, celebrating with Rick Tockett, who's also going into the Flyers Hall of Fame. And, and seeing all the guys that are going to be there, all the alumni guys that are coming in for the night before and sticking around for the ceremony on the on the 16th, it's it's very exciting with uh, the the size and and scope of the of the two day event. It's very exciting. I just wanted to follow up real quick. Like, what makes the Flyers Hall of Fame special? Because to me, not to like put down any the way any other team does it in the city or throughout sports, but it's not just a promotion. It's not just anybody gets into this Flyers Hall of Fame. Like, what makes it special for you? Because as fans, like a Flyers Hall of Famer, that's still a big deal. Uh, it does. Is it feel that way for you as well? Well, it's a, it's a it's a huge deal for me, and, and I and I know you know I I just remember over the last few years when I was. Uh, manager, president, and, and Jimmy Watson went in. I, I remember how excited Jimmy Watson was. I remember how excited uh, John LeClaire and Eric Lindros were when they went in and um, Rod Brindamore coming in and giving that great speech that he gave. So, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, you go back over the years and you look at, uh, you know, Ed Snyder and Keith Allen and Bob Clark and Bill Barber and Joe Watson, the guy that's been around the Flyers since, you know, 1920 or something. So it's, <laughs> it's incredible. And I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm really, really uh, looking forward to the night. Uh, looking forward to this happening. I, I have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sort of uh, nervous uh, anticipation 
I guess, about about the whole thing. But uh, I'm sure it'll be great. And uh, uh, what a, what a wonderful honor! Uh, I, I just can't say say it enough how humbled and honored I am. So, Paul, you, as Bill pointed out, had a very illustrious career as a player for the Philadelphia Flyers, but you've also spent a lot of time working with the team outside of the rink. What is the memory that you kind of cherish most from your time off of the ice with the Flyers? Ooh. I gotcha. <laughs> well, not, not really. I, I, people don't remember this, but I, I can remember back, you know, back in, in my in my time, and it was just after the Flyers had won their Stanley Cup. I don't remember what year it was. We started a softball team in the summer, but, you know, all the players stayed in the area in the summertime. Like, nobody went home. This was our home. We, we lived here during the summer. We trained together, and we had a softball team that played charity events uh, throughout the summer. And, and, oh, my God, did we have a blast. We, we you know, we, we had a good team. We had some good players like Tommy Gorance, uh, Al Hill, Bob Daly was a good player. Ricky McLeish was a good player. Like we had, we had good players that could play, play the game, and and uh, you know just the camaraderie of doing that, and and then spending time with the teams that we were playing with afterwards, and you know sharing some fun, uh, some good food and drink after the game, and and uh, we just had a blast. And uh, that's probably one of my, you know, it was a different era back then. I think just because really everybody stayed in the area, all the players you couldn't. I don't, I don't want to say you couldn't afford to go anywhere else, but, <laughs> but we, you know, we lived in the area. We, you played for the Philadelphia Flyers. You lived in the Philadelphia area year round. And that's just the way it was. Paul, uh, Bill alluded earlier to the fact that, you know, what's really amazing about your time with the Flyers is just how many different jobs you've done. You, you were a player, you were a coach, director of player personnel, assistant GM, GM, team president. Out of all of them, you know, out of all of those roles, which one did you did you find the most challenging, you know, for you personally, and, and why? <clears throat> I was kind of hoping you said which one did I like the most. That <laughs> well, that that question. too, I guess. Yeah, that's an easy question, but uh, you know, the most challenging, they, they, you know, all of them have have their challenges. Uh, you know, you talk about particularly coach and GM and player; they all have their specific challenges. When you're a player. You know, you got to be fit. You got to be. Uh, you got to prepare mentally for the game. You, you got to do your job and do it well, or or somebody's going to take your job. Um, when you're the coach, you got to prepare your team. You got to. There's so many uh, little idiosyncrasies idiosyncrasies that are involved with that. And then when you're a GM, you you, you know you got the whole scope of the organization that you're looking after. So they, they all have um, challenges. Um, it's hard to say which one's more difficult. I, I really enjoy, you know, the further you get away from the game for me, the, I don't want to say the less fun it was, but obviously if I had to pick the best job in, in the world, it's a hockey player. I mean, that's, that's the best job in the world. How can you get, you know, all you have to do is worry about yourself and be in shape and, and, uh, and play a game but that's what it is but and then coaching was pretty good because I still felt you know close to the action a part of it and then you know when you move upstairs and you uh, you know whether when I was an assistant GM I really I really liked that job because I got 
I got so involved in the scouting end of it. And, and uh, you know, you spend time with not only the players and the GM, but you spend, get to spend time with the scouts and, and that part of the, uh, the organization that nobody really um, recognizes or knows about. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a whole nother world of, of the work that goes in behind the scenes and the scouting end of it. And I, I really, really enjoyed that. So Paul, now that you're so far removed from your playing career and uh, you said, you know, you start missing the fun of it uh, more further and further, you get removed. How's your day to day now? Like, um, are you basically just hanging with the family? Uh, what's what's next for you? Or are you just kind of enjoying this phase? Well, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now, which is not not a lot. I mean, I get to, you know, I go, I've, I've been to a few of the games. I, I, I watched both the games on TV the last couple of nights. So I obviously I still follow the team very closely, but I do have my personal life that I'm, that I really enjoy right now. I, I'll give you like yesterday I played golf. Uh, hung out with some friends, went to the gym. Uh, today I played pickleball this morning and now I'm, I had to come down to the shore just to secure some things uh, down here because of the, the impending storm. Um, so I, I got a lot on my plate. A couple of days a week we watch some of our grandkids, which is uh, uh, exhausting, but so much fun. <laughs> I got two little grandsons that kind of live by, by me and, and they, they're, they're in the sports, like every sport. And we watch hockey. We, we, we watch baseball. We play, play hockey in the driveway. We play baseball. Uh, we play football. Like they love every sport. So I, I just, I just have a blast with them. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. How's your golf game, Paul? My golf game is, uh, uh, you know, it could be anywhere from uh, from pretty decent to not very good at all. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know when it's coming either. Like just when you think you got it figured out, something else happens. But I but I love it. It's a it's a great game. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, some of my younger grandchildren into the game of golf. And uh, because I, I just I just really love it. I mean, the 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 mental challenges involved with trying to trying to get good at that game are incredible. And it's uh, uh, something I really enjoy. So speaking of games, we want to talk a little bit about this alumni game because we're pretty excited about it. Um, yeah. We got we got the full list of players that are going to be involved. And it's I, it looks to me like the best list of players that they've had in any of these games so far. Like all eras are represented. The big names are there. Um, but we didn't really get an idea of how you and Rick will be choosing your teams for this game. How is that going to happen? I'm not sure. Well, I know just from talking, first of all, I'd like to give kudos to Brad Marsh and, and to Cindy Stutman for putting this whole thing together. I mean, this was Brad's idea. I remember him talking about this stuff, uh, you know, uh, years ago when he first came back. Uh, to the organization, part of our community development program. He, 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 he's into big stuff with the alumni and this is his baby and the, 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 the organization's given him this opportunity and he's ran with it. He's, he's, he's putting together great things for the alumni and for, for the fans. I think it's going to be spectacular. Uh, now Brad mentioned to me a, a while ago uh, that we're going to have some sort of a draft. I don't know when it's going to happen. So all I cared about was getting the first pick. 
uh, he said, because of my age, I, I do get the first pick. Oh, you want to tell us who you're going to take? No, no. Oh. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't decided yet. Lindros and LeClaire have to be together though, right? You can't split those guys up. Probably they're, they probably uh, will refuse to play unless they play together. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one pick. You pick them together. That's one. Yeah, pick. that's not a bad <laughs> idea. So do you, uh, do you think you have the coaching edge on, uh, on Tocket here? You've both, both coached thought, in the I league. Think, you think you're going to run think, it up on him? I think Rick's going to play. Oh, the is last he? I heard Rick's going to play. I oh, think really? Mike, I think I think Mike Keenan's coming back to coach too. So oh. uh, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to see Mike. Uh, um, haven't seen him in a few years. Uh, always a fan favorite with the Flyers. When you think back to the Mike Keenan era, it was a pretty special time in, in the in the Flyers organization. So we have Keenan coaching. Tockett's going to play. This might be this might be a physical alumni game. Um. <laughs> there's no, there's, I, it'll be a slow physical game <laughs> some of the physical play will be probably be accidental <laughs> oh man um paul obviously the flyers have, have done a few of these alumni games over the years and you've been a part of them what is the best part about these events for you well, you know, it's a lot of it's the same thing, Charlie. It's just the camaraderie of, of being in the locker room again, uh, lacing up your skates and, and talking about old times. And it's just, you know, the one thing over the over the the many eras of players that are involved in these alumni games is we we've all we've all we've all given our our uh, um, sweat and blood to the Philadelphia Flyers, so we all have that in common. And and you know, I can sit in the locker room with, even though I never played with John LeClaire or Eric Lindros or, you know, Scotty Hartnell or Danny Breer, I can sit in the locker room and talk about stuff uh, that's happened over the years with the Flyers. And, uh, and there's always, hey, yeah, I can remember something similar to that. So it's, 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 it's so cool uh, to, to be able to go back and, and talk about stuff that you've lived through and gone through with, uh, uh, all these players that you're that you're there with and like i said even though there's so many different eras over the years we all have that common bond of of being a flyer and that's pretty cool yeah kind of following up on that um have you seen any like cool friendships develop as a result of these alumni games across eras you know guys guys from the 70s becoming you know much better friends with guys from the 2000s per se yeah, I don't know about that. That's a good question, Charlie. I would probably say yes, because you know, and a lot of I'll give kudos again to Brad Marsh. He's done a such he's done such an incredible job with our alumni about getting stuff, uh, getting things together, like our golf tournaments taken off. The the number of players that come back for that uh, is incredible. The number of players he's got for the 50th anniversary alumni, which was held, uh, I, I want to. I want to say three or four years ago, I forget, but, and then, and then this event coming up, this is, I mean, you guys mentioned it. It's maybe the greatest list of players ever to play in one of these. And it's, that's Brad Marsh. It really is. And, and it's, uh, it's great. So, you, you know, you talk about friendships, I, I guess we all have, you know, we all have our guys that we, that we played with that you're closer to, but I, 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 I go back to that bond that you have with being a flyer. It's just so easy. It's, it's easy to just walk into the room with any any era of a flyer because you've you've lived it, you've been through it, and you've been a part of it. Paul, in terms of the eras represented, 
Uh, now, like you're going into the Flyers Hall of Fame, you've been a part of the organization so long, but now in this alumni game, players you acquired, Scott Hartnell, Danny Briere, I believe Scotty Upshaw, uh, they're playing in this game. Like, how does it make you feel that that's part of your legacy as well? That not only are you a part of it, but you're adding to the Flyers legacy. Like that was part of your job, not only building a Flyers team, but adding to the Flyers legacy. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever looked at it like that. Um, oh, it's uh, it'll be good to see Scotty. I haven't seen him in a number of years. Uh, Scotty Upshaw, I mean, I've seen Hartnell around. I watch him on TV. He does a good job for the Flyers. Uh, very energetic, very passionate. Um, Danny, I see around a lot. Uh, you know, and I can remember having the conversation with Danny Breer when we bought him when we had to buy him out because of the salary cap. I was crying. He was crying. So it's uh, yeah. And there's a lot of lot of uh, neat memories of you know that you acquire over the years of of uh, situations you're involved with or or just being again being part of the part of the organization. You're it's a special bond. So just turning a little bit to the current Flyers team, um, it seemed like a, a real focus of Chuck Fletcher's this offseason was to not only bring in good hockey players, but players that have kind of good character and exceptional leadership. Um, as a guy that's been in the locker room, what value do you say that those traits hold? How important are they? Uh, you can't win without those traits. You can't, you can't win without players uh, that, that practice hard, uh, play hard, show up when things get tough and, and stick together. And uh, I think Chuck, uh, had an incredible summer with the additions he made. Uh, changed changed uh, a lot of things. Um, you know, everybody uses the word culture. Like, I'm not sure it's a culture change, but you just bring in. He brought in some different players that were that, are, in my opinion, were character players when they were with their other team, and they just change it around a little bit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a big Jake Voracek fan. But watching him play last year, like I believe Jake probably needed it. He needed to change the scenery. And that doesn't mean Jake's a bad guy or a bad player. Like, I think he's, he's going to do great things with Columbus. He'll probably set up line A for 60 goals. But, you know, he needed to move on. And I remember talking to John Tortorella about Cam Atkinson. He kind of said the same thing. He probably needs a change. You know, he, he probably needed a change. And, I, you know, Cam's come into the Flyers organization and given – Giving the team a boost with his energy and his enthusiasm and and his ability to put the puck in the net, it's it's uh, it's, it's kind of cool the way it, the things are have transformed here over the summer, in my opinion, and then carried on into this. You know, I know it's a small sample size, but uh, I didn't think the team played great in any of the games at home, but they were opportunistic and there's bright th there's you know things you could focus on that were good things in each of those games and. Uh, and now I think, you know, the first two periods of the Edmonton game were uh, scary. I thought the Flyers were lucky to, you know, be tied after two periods, but they played great in the third period and they won the game. And then last night was, in my opinion, was just a real, real solid team effort uh, from, from the drop of the puck to the final whistle. Paul, you know, I think a lot of the the changes made this offseason like have contributed to this fast start. 
Uh, you know, they're, they're starting games well. They've started the season well. Things that maybe necessarily haven't happened in years past. Uh, and the transformation in the locker room was necessary. You said it yourself. Maybe guys needed a change of scenery. When you were the GM of the team, you did you had similar off seasons where you had to reshape the face of the team, uh, change the mix for whatever reason. Like in your opinion, like what's the hardest part of what Chuck Fletcher did and had to do this off season? Well, the hardest part sometimes is finding, you, you know what your problems are, you know what your issues are. In the salary cap era, it's hard to find, <clears throat> excuse me, a willing a willing dance partner. You, you know, you can make all these trades in your own mind. Oh, geez, we'd like to get this guy. We need to make a change here. We need to do this to get better. But if uh, if if you can't find the right partner to deal with, then it's, it's a moot point, really. And I think Chuck, because of his, you know, he was very thorough on going through what he needed and he made, you know, call after call after call. And uh, over the course of the summertime, he, he, his meetings with his, his, uh, his hockey operations staff, I, I was involved in or sitting in on some of those. I, like I knew what was good. I was aware of what was going on and I, I thought their, their plan of attack was great. And then they just went out and shook a bunch of trees and tried to make things happen. And, uh, you know, sometimes you look at, you know, the Ryan Ellis trade as an example. I mean, you're giving up, you know, a lot of young, two, two young players, right, that are maybe haven't reached their peak yet. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge gamble. Uh, but Chuck was forthright in, in what he was doing, realized that that one piece, Ryan Ellis, is what we needed on uh, or a piece that we needed to make, make uh, things happen. And um, I think it was a, a real gutsy move on his part. And I, and I think over the long haul, it's going to be a great move for the Flyers. Paul, uh, it's not an apples to apples comparison, obviously, but you know, heading into this past summer, you know, before the off season began, I kind of looked at, you know, where the Flyers stood and compared it to where, you know, they were after the, the 2006, 2007 season, you know, another really disappointing season where there was a feeling that, you know, changes were going to need to be made. And you were the GM at the time. You went out. You added guys like Danny Briere, Kimo Teeman, and Scott Hartnell. You know, for for Chuck Fletcher, you know, knowing that that you had successfully executed on you know an aggressive revamping of the roster like that when you were GM, did did Chuck come for you? Come to you for for advice on the right way to approach you know an aggressive offseason? And if he did, you know, what kind of advice and big picture big picture advice did, did you give him in terms of how to do that the right way? Um, you know, I think just through conversation, I remember sitting in, sitting in Chuck's office with Dean Lombardi and, and uh, talking about, you know, the year you're talking about, 2006, 2007. And, uh, um, you know, the one thing, we, we did make a lot of changes that summer, but the one thing that a lot of people tend to overlook or forget is we also had good young players in place. And that's the one thing that was uh, similar with, with Chuck's handling this summer, like he did have good young players in place because of Konechny and Fairby and uh, Provorov and Sanheim and Cart, like the nucleus of the, the young players was in place. So if you can change around a couple pieces, maybe gamble a little bit on this, gamble a little bit on that. Um, when I say gamble, I mean, you know, you give up a little bit of youth to acquire a little bit more experience. Sometimes it's not a bad thing. Um, 
So yeah, there were conversations. I I I, I can't say that Chuck ever said, "Hey, what do, what do you think about this?" Or, um, but just you know, we you talk. That's that's part of a, a GM. You spend a lot of time. Part of being a GM, you spend a lot of time talking to your the your your staff that works for you, and you get you get everybody's opinion. You you listen to them, and you know it's you just. At the end of the day, Chuck is the one that made the decisions to do what he did. And uh, I think uh, they're looking good right now. All those decisions that he made. And there are some, again, there are some gutsy, gutsy calls that he made. Absolutely, Paul. Uh, just a couple more here for you, and then we uh, we can let you go. I'd be personally disappointed in myself if I didn't I have you here. I have to ask about the Johnstown Jets. Uh, I know you only played a handful of games there. You missed Ned Dowd by a season, but you did play with Dave Hansen uh, in your brief stint. Any memories from that stop uh, in your hockey journey early in your life that you could share with us here? Yeah, I spent a year there one month. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my first um, my first pro. You know, I, I was playing in the WHA for the Fighting Saints, and uh, I got sent to the minors. I was just a young kid. My roommates were Dave Hansen and Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> wow. and, and we lived in the house that Paul Newman actually took over for the filming of Slapshot. Wow. So I had, I had left by then. I, I, I was called up. So I missed out on it where I probably would have been a, I probably would have been, you know, a Clint Eastwood type actor. Uh, Obviously. If, if things had gone you the You definitely other way. have the intimidating stare yeah. down, Paul. You yeah. absolutely have that. Yeah. Um, but that was, you know what? That was fun. I, I remember uh, my, my line mates were, uh, I was, I think I was 19 at the time. So I'm 19, 19 or 20, I forget. Anyway, but I, I played center and uh, which is really like, what kind of coach would make me a center? <laughs> but um, my left wing was John Gofton, who was 34 years old at the time. And my right wing was Galen Head, who was 28 years old. Uh, we had a bunch of coops on our team. Um, and when I got called up, I think I was leading the league in scoring. I think I had like three goals and 12 assists or something. Like it was just incredible, but uh, I had a lot of fun. I, I think back, I talked to Dave Hansen every once in a while. We, we played together in uh, junior hockey and um, have remained, you know, somewhat close, at least keep in contact. He's a good man. Uh, we, we, we got some funny high school stories that we share because we played against each other in high school. He was a, he was a really good football player too, Dave, um, tough, hard nose. Uh, but anyway, that's funny that you bring that up, but I, I, I'd been back to Johnstown. Uh, Clarky sent me there one time that we'll go watch a player. Um, I can't remember. I think his name was Cam White. It was Bill White's son, as I recall, and a uh, big defenseman. He, Obviously, he wasn't as good as his dad, but uh, he was okay. He played, I think he played a little bit for us for the Phantoms. But anyway, Clarky sent me in there. I walked into the arena, and I couldn't believe it. There's like 30 guys there, <laughs> and they were the same guys who were there before. They recognized me. They started, <laughs> started high-fiving. Hey, how you doing? I hadn't been there for like 20 years, 25 years. And it was like it was, you know, the day before. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It's a great, great little sports town. It really is. So we'll end with probably the most important question of this okay. interview. Um, 
What is your favorite Halloween candy, Paul? Butterfingers. Butterfingers, a solid yeah. answer. Yep. A solid answer. Okay. So when you are out with the grandkids, you just, when they're not I looking, steal, I steal, steal all the Butterfingers. I steal all the Butterfingers. <laughs> I tell them they're bad for their teeth. Let me have them. And they believe me. There you go. That's the way to do yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. This was a ton of fun. You made my day with the uh, Johnstown Jets story. So that was that was absolutely awesome. Uh, we're really looking forward to the alumni game. We're really looking forward to you and Rick Tockett's induction into the Hall of Fame. And we really appreciate you spending this time with us. Thank you very much, you guys. We'll see you, see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, Thank Paul. you. All right, everybody. That was our interview with Paul Holmgren. He's going into the Flyers Hall of Fame. Uh, that was the big surprise. I hope it lived up to everyone's expectations. I know we had a great time doing it. A uh, lot of good stuff in there. Uh, this talk, Him talking about when he met with Danny Briere about the buyout, oh. and they're both like crying, like, Shit, man. <laughs> I was attached to him too. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's really cool to know, like when he talks about the camaraderie of like, we all played for the flyers. Like it's that family atmosphere of the flyers that we've always heard about. Like he was attached to these guys and the fact that they're coming back now, it's the alumni game and he's being honored. It's really cool. Right. It's really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think. Right. What is the uh, what is the date of the alumni game? Because we have this announcement here. I believe it's the fifteenth. Uh, the the alumni right. game is Monday the fifteenth. Monday, um, November fifteenth. Yes, and then the uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is the sixteenth, which is game day for the Flyers, a home game. All right, so we have an announcement to make about that as well. Uh, the alumni game. We have a row of tickets. We have twenty lower level tickets. And we will be giving some of them away. Obviously, some of them are ours, uh, but <laughs> uh, we'll be giving some of them away. It's like we're, it's BSH Radio Row or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, but stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to the podcasts and all that. We'll have more details, but we will be giving away some tickets to the Flyers alumni game. That is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, can't wait to see everybody there. And uh, I think that's it, right? We're going to wrap up. All right. I think so. So that is all the time we have for you on this uh, special edition of BSH Radio, our interview with Paul Holmgren. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, yada, yada, yada. Uh, stay tuned for the uh, more about the tickets to the alumni game. And uh, for Charlie and Kelly, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.